can address you as Father. We're grateful for your love. And Christ being willing to humble himself and take upon himself human form. Live among us humans and then to go to the cross to die, to rise from the dead and to be the firstborn from the dead knowing that others will follow. So we reflect some on Christ, his birth, what he did, what we have in Christ. We want to be open and sensitive to being hearers of your word and also doers of your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. The one whose birth we celebrate is worthy to take the scroll from the right hand of God and open it. He has purchased men for God to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God. He is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. He is the future rider on the white horse who is called faithful and true. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. In Revelation 22 and verse 13, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In Revelation 22, 16, Jesus says, I'm the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Individuals who have repented of sin and trusted in Christ as Savior are in Christ, in the one whose birth we celebrate. Therefore, we want to take a few minutes this morning to reflect on what believers have in Christ. We talk about Christ, his birth, his coming, and we reflect on the fact that he was a baby and so on. We want to reflect on the result of that, that the believer, the one who repents of sin and trusts in Christ, is in Christ. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We'll begin reading with verse 15. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Colossians 1 and verse 15. He... Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body, through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel 
This is a gospel that you heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul and Timothy, according to chapter 1 and verse 1, are writing to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ. Holy, these people were set apart to God. They're faithful, they're sensitive, they're responsive to God. And they're brothers, so they're part of the family, the same family that Paul was, uh, you know, the family of God that is possible through repentance of sin and faith. And he also says, grace and peace to you. I desire God's honor and favor to you. I desire peace. That is freedom from turmoil for you. And that is from God our Father. And as you think about the book of Colossians, Colossians was written to a group of people that were battling with a teaching that said, you have angels, you have other beings, and Christ is one of those many beings between you as a human and God that you go through to get to God. So you had this series of beings that you went through to get to God, and Paul is writing to say, whoa, stop, no, it's Christ. There is none other. You don't need these angels. You don't need these others, this other series of beings. It's Christ. And he explains what the believer has in Christ and who Christ is. Christ is the image of the invisible God in verse 15, the firstborn over all creation. He's creator and so on. I want to focus a few minutes in verses 21 through 23. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds. The condition of the Colossians, the conditions of our, condition of us as if we're believers in Christ, if you're not a believer, it's your present condition. He says, before faith, you're alienated from God. You're separated from God. There's not a relationship. God is over here, you're over here, and there's not a relationship. You're alienated, you're separated. He says that was true of you, Colossians. If you're a believer today, that was true of you before you came to faith in Christ. If you're not a believer, that would be true of you today. He says, alienated and enemies in your minds, in your thinking, because of your evil behavior. Before faith, the believer is an enemy of God. Now think about someone that is your enemy or you can envision as being an enemy. Before faith in Christ, you were an enemy of God. The Colossians, before their faith in Christ, were enemies of God. Once you were alienated from God and enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now, but now, the present condition of the believers in Colossae, the present condition of believers today, but now, He, God, has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. God reconciled us by Christ's physical body through death. Those who were alienated, those who were enemies, have been reconciled. The idea of being restored to favor, reconciled to God. 
involved in reconciliation is exchange from enmity to fellowship. You're an enemy. You were alienated. But now that position of enmity is exchanged with one of fellowship. See, humans are reconciled to God. They're brought to God through Christ. All basis of the enmity in relation to the relationship is removed and a complete basis for fellowship is established. Our sin that separated us from God has been totally and completely dealt with. Totally and completely, period. There's also a change in the repentant sinner induced by the action of God. God changes us through Christ. And he goes on in the text to say that so that the believer can be presented to God holy. Colossians, you come to faith in Christ, you're going to be presented to God holy, free from sin. Stop and think about your life for just a few moments. Can you think of anything you have done in terms of sin within the last week? I'm being generous. I could say the last two hours. But presented to God holy. So Dan, Pastor Dan, is presented to God holy and Ruth answers. Wow. I live with him and he wasn't that way. Now holy, free from sin. But not only holy, he says blameless. No sin on one's record. So God punches the name into the computer, Jeff Martin, in the future and says, I'm going to see what Jeff, I have in my record for Jeff Martin. And he says, I don't have anything in my record. That's right, he was reconciled to me. Ah, I'll punch in Travila Price. There's nothing on her record either. Been reconciled. Presented blameless. And he says not only blameless, but also free from accusation. No one can accuse or bring a charge against you. So I get to heaven and I say, God, I lived with this woman for 40 plus years. She had some flaws. I had some flaws. I'm going to bring some charges against her. And she wants to bring some against me. And he says, I'm sorry. Both of you have been reconciled. You can't bring an accusation. That'll stand. But now he, God, God taking the action, has reconciled you, the Colossians, believers today, or if you're not a believer in Christ, if you come to Christ, by Christ's physical body. Christ had to come. He had to live. He had to take on human form if he was going to be a substitute. Through death to present you holy.
without blemish, free from accusation. He goes on then, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope that held out in the gospel. Understand that as you reflect on Christ, we come to Christ, we trust in Him as our Savior. And part of God working in us is that genuine faith continues. One perseveres, one continues in the faith. Continues to walk with God, established and firm and not moved. Genuine faith perseveres because God is the one who reconciled the sinner, the one who was alienated. Christ lives within the believer and the believer perseveres. I want you to consider a contrast as it relates to daily living. You look at Colossians 1 and 2, Paul talks about relationships. In Colossians 3 and 4, he talks about responding. In Colossians 1 and 2, he talks about resting in Christ. In Colossians 3 and 4, he talks about obedience. In Colossians 1 and 2, he talks about the security that we have in Christ. In Colossians 3 and 4, he talks about the desire we have to be responsive. In Colossians 1 and 2, he talks about the unconditional acceptance we have because of Christ. Colossians 3 and 4, he talks about delighting in Christ. In Colossians 1 and 2, he talks about the freedom we have in Christ. In Colossians 3 and 4, we have a response to that, and that is love. Two weeks ago, we talked about the fact that in Christ, it's done. Salvation is done. We don't have to do. Will you say, I have to obey? No. If I have to obey, that means I'm still doing. I want to obey because I have a relationship. See, that's the difference between the religions of the world. The religions are doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. They always measure up. Christianity, Christ, we repent of sin, we trust in Christ, we're in Christ, we're accepted, we're going to be presented to God free from sin, no holy, blameless. And then we respond to that, not because we have to, but because we want to. There's a desire, there's a delight. And even when we struggle in responding, God continues to work to bring about a desire, a delight. You say, I'm free to live as I want. If you're in Christ, yes. But your freedom to live as you want involves a change inside. You're no longer alienated from God. You're related to God, 
And you want to respond to God out of desire, out of delight. I don't have to love my wife. I don't have to lead my wife. I don't have to be kind to my wife. She doesn't hold the frying pan over my head and say, I'll bop you one if you don't respond. I want to. See, that's the difference when we understand that in Christ it's done. It changes us internally. And we want to respond. That influences how we view ourselves individually. Boy, I really blew it. And we can get on a pity party at how bad we are. And God says, stop. Reflect on the fact that you're going to be presented to me holy, blameless, free from accusation. Think about viewing other believers that way. Boy, there's Bud. He doesn't always do very well, does he? And I, I can dwell on that and I can say, oh, there's Ray. He doesn't always do very well, does he? Oh, I know my grandson, JT. He doesn't always do very well, you know. I can dwell on that. And God's saying, stop. Bud is going to be presented to me holy and blameless. View him that way. Now. JT's going to be presented that way. View him that way now. So I get into an argument with Ruth Ann. Stepping back mentally and say, she's going to be presented to God holy, blameless, free from the accusation. I may as well give up now and love her because of who she is in Christ. It makes a difference in how we respond to people. It makes a difference how you think about the body of Christ at large. And how you view your mate, your children, Again, assuming that you're believers in Christ. I would encourage you to meditate much upon what we have in Christ, the one whose birth we celebrate. It's done. We respond in love and delight and in grace to what has been done as we desire to live in sensitivity to Christ. A very simple question. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Have you come to faith in Christ? If not, why not trust Him this morning? Jesus says, Come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think part of the laboring in that context of Matthew 11 is spiritual labor trying to do to measure up. And Jesus says, it's done. (laughs) Come to me. Have you come to faith in Christ? If not, trust him this morning. If you have come to faith in Christ, are you living from a heart of delight, a desire, living in response out of love to the one whose birth we celebrate. Reflect on those items as we continue to worship. Alan?